The NFL Combine in 2023 is in full swing in Indianapolis, so it is time for the gauntlet through the participants at this year's event and things to watch as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good on Dolphins fans, Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked on Network. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today is Friday, March 3rd, 2023, and we are underway with the on-field testing for the 2023 NFL Combine. Now they made some changes to the schedule in consideration of television and accessibility and getting the quarterbacks on on primetime on the weekend and all that stuff. But today is the day for us where we are just going to run through the gauntlet. I've got the alphabetical list of all the 300 and something combine invitations that have been sent out. I want to acknowledge some names that I think are players to watch this weekend as you are either catching up on what happened yesterday, watching today, or watching this weekend. Players and performances that I think are meaningful for the Miami Dolphins because they are players who are realistic options from a scheme fit perspective and a value perspective in the NFL draft. So that is the objective today. I'm going to go alphabetically through this list. So it has very little to do with position by position, has very little to do with second round guys first, is more, and I feel like the spontaneity of doing it alphabetically gives everybody a fair chance to kind of have their flowers and be recognized accordingly as potential fits for the Dolphins. So this is a very NFL draft-focused and specific show in the heart of the NFL Combine, as the Dolphins are likely this week setting a lot of foundation for what this offseason is going to look like. So fittingly, next week on the show, we're doing the blueprint, which is my formal proposal of free agency, a mock draft, uh, salary cap strategy and spending, any potential player trades, uh, pretty much an all-in-all and all-encompassing to give you what I would like the 53-man roster to look like if I had the power to snap my fingers and do all of the things. I'm trying to do it uh, in consideration of not just this year for the Dolphins, but several years through. The Dolphins are in this process in real life right now. They have a lot of scheduled free agents uh, that they are probably going to strategize what kinds of offers they are going to send. Um, they're going to be talking to other teams uh, about players on their rosters, about players on the Dolphins' roster, potential trades. Uh, everybody kind of knows what their respective objectives are. I mean, you you can look across the space in the NFL and see what teams have cap space and are ready to spend and what teams need to restructure and what teams need to get rid of contracts. This is a critical window for the Miami Dolphins and the rest of the NFL as it pertains to preparations for this offseason uh, with this time in Indianapolis where everyone is congregated in one spot. We're going to congregate all of the participants in the event in one spot, and we're going to start with a running back. Israel Abanacanda, running back, Pittsburgh. Dude can zoom. Uh, this dude can absolutely fly. If you're looking for a mid-round, potentially third, fourth-round selection, and I understand the Dolphins don't have a fourth-round pick right now, but I'll talk about these players in valuation windows. 
And uh, just know that the Dolphins can move up up or down the board at will. But Israel Abanacanda is lightning at the bottom. Uh, I see a lot of the home run hitting ability that Raheem Mostert in his prime had. I see in Israel Abanacanda. And for me, Abanacanda is someone who is slept on. He's under the radar. But the production that he had at Pittsburgh is undeniable, and the open field speed that he had is undeniable. And if the Dolphins get through like the B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet stratosphere of running backs, and they don't get one, Abanacanda is at the top of my list. Even more so than Devin Achain, uh, who is another name on this list. Just because Devin Achain, he's got a track background, he can absolutely fly as well. And I think my concern with Devin Achain is he is a certain stratosphere of build of running back that just does not have a historical recipe for success at the NFL level. Achain is 5'9", 180 pounds as an NFL running back, and we'll see what he weighs in at this week. But that's there's not a lot of players you look through the history of the NFL and the NFL draft and the pre-draft process and guys that go on to the league that check in in that stratosphere, that play the running back position, that have success as a running back. And because of that, despite the fact that I think the speed would be amazing and Achain has good vision and rushing instincts, I don't love the recipe of a player of that stature being a player who's injected into a big-time role within this Dolphins offense. I think Davis Allen, a tight end from Clemson, is an interesting mid-round target. He's a little bit of a do-it-all type of player. He reminds me of Hunter Long. And you could say that for better or for worse, but just kind of listening to this coaching staff talk about Hunter Long, uh, it certainly seems like some of the issues with Hunter Long uh, come come to um, focus and intensity and, and uh, intentional nature of everything that you do as a professional football player. I believe that the coaching staff phrased it at one point, you know, we have to um, got to get this guy going, right? And, and he's a healthy scratch at times. He deals with some bumps and bruises. I believe he had a concussion at one point last year. Just felt like it, the, the ball never really got rolling downhill for Hunter. But you're far enough in with Hunter that if the light bulb doesn't come on for him this year, it might not ever. And I do think that body type and, and, and that style of player is one that is worth going to the well again. Uh, so Davis Allen is a name that I do have circled uh, as an interesting player for the Dolphins, uh, even if he's a bit redundant to what they have in, in Hunter Long, just because we're, we're waiting for Hunter Long to live up this potential. Uh, one thing that you, you never have to worry about living up to their potential is Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They're absolutely positively delicious. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars in spite of only 130 calories and four grams of sugar to go with that whopping 17 grams of protein. So you can go to built.com, get yourself a box, or you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You can go to the Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, get yourself a four-bar box, or you can go to Sam's Club, load up on the 13-bar boxes and thank us later. Uh, built is the cheat code you didn't know you needed in life. So make sure you load up on some absolutely positively delicious built bars, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar.
Developmental quarterback Tyson Bagent. I know we mentioned him at the Senior Bowl. Interesting player. Uh, I think the ceiling is certainly higher than than Skylar Thompson, but I do think Skylar Thompson being a seventh-round pick who was with the team last year and log starts, I just don't know that that's going to make sense for Miami. If they need a corner, if they need an outside corner, uh, Deontay Banks from Maryland is a very interesting player. He's got some first-round buzz, but it's a deep corner class. So I would not be surprised to see Deontay Banks end up lingering. He can run. He's tall. He's one of these 6'2 corners. So he's a little high-hipped, but he certainly has the coverage skills, and he plasters routes really well. Uh, so he he's a player at 51 who I would consider to be a strong candidate if the Dolphins address other needs in free agency and ultimately leave the, the cornerback position as an unaddressed position uh, going into the NFL draft. Scrolling through Keanu Benton. Oh, here's an it. This is a really nice stretch. Keanu Benton and Matthew Bergeron back to back alphabetically. Uh, Benton, big standout from the Senior Bowl. Bergeron, standout from the Senior Bowl. Matthew Bergeron, some people think he's a guard. Some people think he's a tackle. All I know is he's 6'5, 320. He's got smooth feet and killed it at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I know Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowls, long considered him one of the top tackles in the class. But here's the thing. You could very easily live in a world where some people stratis, uh, put him in the stratosphere of being an interior offensive line. Okay, so that removes those teams probably from drafting him in the first round. Then you go offensive tackle. You've got Peter Skaronsky, Northwestern. You've got Broderick Jones, Georgia. You've got Paris Johnson, Jr., Ohio State. You've got Dewan Jones, Ohio State. You've got Anton Harrison, Oklahoma. Then on the interior, you got John Michael Schmitz, Minnesota. You got Osiris Torrance from Florida. Is there a realistic world where Matthew Bergeron is your eighth, ninth, or tenth offensive lineman? Yes. And if that's the case, it would put the Dolphins in the stratosphere. Maybe not thinking of him at 51. But you could go up and get this player. I mean, Darnell Wright from, from Tennessee is in this discussion as well as, as an early second round type of, of offensive tackle who might be a guard. I'd take Bergeron 10 times out of 10 before I draft Arnold Wright. But that might be a player because of the ambiguity of his, of his positional classification that might find himself there in the early 40s. And if that, a player like that's there in the early 40s, I would advocate for this team to go up and get him if they, need, if they feel they need a starter. Can't be afraid of the Liam Eikenberg thing happening again. You know what? You got Robert Hunt at 39. So you, you are more than capable of drafting a good offensive lineman in the second round. Keanu Benton, uh, a little bit more of a nose, uh, played on the nose for Jim Leonard's Wisconsin Badgers defense. Uh, really, really pleasant athleticism. I think he leverages better than Raekwon Davis does. I think he's a little bit more of a natural and nimble athlete and pass rusher than Raekwon Davis is. I think Raekwon's more of a true raw uh, power nose. But this isn't this defense is, isn't gonna thrive in that setting with consistency anymore. It's, it's not gonna have the, the gap control to gap. It, it's a, a little bit more of a hybrid front as far as you, you're gonna have your gap, but you need to be able to fall back a gap if they cut back against the grain. Uh so so Benton is probably I I have a feeling the Cleveland Browns are gonna absolutely love him. 
If he gets past the, the Browns in the 40s, that's a candidate to be drafted in the second round. I don't think he'd get to you in the third round. Brian Branch is a dream come true uh, for the Dolphins. You think about the versatility in Javon Holland and pairing it with Brian Branch, probably going to be a top 20 pick. But then again, you watch players like Javon Holland fall out of the first round and Antoine Winfield Jr. fall out of the first round and Buda Baker fall out of the first round. Kind of these hybrid, smaller safety types. They get out of the first round with a fair amount of consistency. Brian Branch, for my money, is one of the 10 best players in this class. But positional versatility and his stature are things that do work against him. If he gets into the mid-30s, man, Miami go up and get that dude too. That dude would probably give you a greater impact on your defense than any two draft picks that you would get at 51 and at 78 combined. Julius Brents, corner Kansas State. I put him in the same kind of bucket as Deontay Banks. I think Brents probably has a little bit better chance of actually being there at 51. Uh, would not be mad with that pick at all. I would not be mad if that's the pick over Deontay Banks. I love Julius Brents as a player. I, I love his attitude. I, I think he's got a great demeanor about him, a lot of confidence. That's a player that I, I would really be excited to see add to the Dolphins' uh, defensive backfield. Sidney Brown, uh, if you've listened to Senior Bowl coverage, it should not be a surprise to hear Sidney Brown's name invoked uh, as well. He's Brandon Jones with more coverage ability. He's Brandon, he's Brandon Jones with man coverage ability. How's that? I think that probably paints a nice picture of who Sidney Brown is as a safety. From Illinois, you know, that's another, again, you could get him in the second round. I would not be mad one bit. If he's there in the third round, you're lucky. You should run the card in. Uh, but that's kind of the the sweet spot of this draft in general. I think, don't think it's a coincidence that, that you're hearing a lot of names that are ideal second might be there in third round picks uh, when it's all said and done. A uh, developmental offensive lineman that I have my eye on is McClendon Curtis from Tennessee Chattanooga. Uh, he's a guard, uh, but he's somebody who I got to, to spend a little bit of time with on Friday uh, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, we tagged along and, and did some of the, the player – uh, player charity work and ended up at the the stadium there uh, where the guys would take turns phoning in and, and talking with uh, sick kids at the children's hospital. And while you were not on the Zoom call, this group of guys was in one of the rooms at the stadium. It's kind of like a common area. And we, we were there to observe the charity opportunities that the players had at the senior bowl and got to talk with McLennan and, Really funny guy. Um, he's got a great energy about him. He had a great energy about him at practice. The moment wasn't too big for him. They tried him to tackle at one point. Didn't go too well. Uh, but he is an NFL build for sure. And uh, I, I think he can certainly have the movement skills. McClendon Curtis is a day three developmental offensive uh, interior offensive lineman. Is a name that I have my eye on and, and would love to see the Dolphins get a chance to, to get a crack at it if they find the picks make sense. Uh, let's see here. Continuing to scroll our way through Payne Durham, another senior bowl guy. Holy cow. This guy had a great week. He blocks. You don't have to worry about Payne Durham, not blocking. I think that's the, the first thing that gets established very, very quickly. Uh, he's, he's not a 280 pound tight end or anything like that, but 
Uh, he is reliable with his hand in the dirt. He's an inline player. Um, he had some nice wins showcasing ball skills. I think the senior bowl afforded him an opportunity to showcase some of the things he wasn't asked to do too often at Purdue. And um, quite frankly, I think his role at, at the NFL level, especially if he were to be drafted by the Dolphins, would probably parallel uh, the role he played at Purdue. But at least it's nice to know he has that in the bag to be able to go to in, in passing situations and uh, be somebody that you can call upon intermittently. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, running back Alabama. Dude can fly like 1,500 yards from scrimmage. Uh, super explosive. Former player at Georgia Tech, transferred to Alabama. I would probably say Israel Abanacan is still probably a more direct comparison to Raheem Mostert, but Jameer Gibbs is a better offensive weapon. Like significant upside in the passing game. That's a player that they, the Dolphins, I, I promise you, would have a lot of fun having Gibbs on the field with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and how those guys can line up in the backfield or take jet motion and how Gibbs can line up in the backfield, but he can also line up in the slot. A um, lot of personnel nightmare opportunities for Jameer Gibbs. I do think it's a little bit of a stretch that he's there at 51, but if he is there at 51, you'd have a hard time seeing me get upset about that being the potential selection if they were to make that pick. Diane Henley, Washington State, former wide receiver, turned safety, turned linebacker, formerly played at Nevada, transferred to Washington State. Uh, the former safety in him, and obviously the former receiver, the ball skills show up. Modern-day linebacker build, I think the thing that comes to my mind first with Diane Henley. Uh, this is somebody who can play in space. He's comfortable in space. He played in the 3-3-5 stack at, at Washington State. So uh, a lot of reps that's just flooding gaps, right? I'm not sure how that translates immediately to playing on running downs or playing on early downs at the NFL level. But it is something that I have a fair amount of confidence would have value for the Dolphins when you think about some of the teams that they have to play, some of the hardship that they've had in negating tight ends and running backs in the middle of the field. Uh, he, he's someone who uh, certainly changes the way that you space the back seven. Another name that I'll shout out here, uh, who I haven't heard get a lot of buzz yet, is Brandon Hill, safety from Pittsburgh. You want to go zone match, and you want to go quarter, quarter, half, and you want to go two high safety shells and, and you want to change the picture post snap and stem. This is a guy, this is a guy that can do that for you. Uh, and apparently his GPS timing is really, really good. Uh, apparently he can, he can scoot. Um, but he's somebody who ball production doesn't necessarily pop to you. And it's the one thing that you, you wish maybe you had more of and would probably have him be a more buzzy name. Uh, but Brandon Hill's a super smart player. I think that's the thing that, that stands out the most about watching the Pittsburgh defense is um, he's a very instinctual player, and I think he's someone who uh, could be a third-round pick in the same way that Jordan Whitehead was with the Bucks before going to the Jets and signing him for agency and paying like a 1,000 snaps last year. Uh, Hill's not the same striker that Whitehead is. Whitehead's a little bit of a heavier hitter, but I think Hill's probably a little cleaner in coverage. And he and Whitehead went in the third round. So that kind of paints the, the picture. I'd be remiss to not mention Mohamed Ibrahim, 
probably a late round draft selection. Uh, it's going to run probably mid four sixes. It's because the injuries and lower body injuries have taken their toll on him as a player. Uh, but don't get that mistaken. I mean, the dude can tote the rock. He, he's been a, a absolute bell cow for Minnesota for a really long time. Kind of an ageless, ageless wonder for them. Uh, another running back, Roshan Johnson, uh, former quarterback with the Texas Longhorns. Good in pass protection. Uh, I, I think the consistency in making keys, both as a ball carrier and in protection, is something that needs more work, but you're a little sympathetic to the fact that this guy was a quarterback first uh, and that, that there's some growth and upside there. Uh, Roshan Johnson is another day three candidate that I think the Dolphins should have on their radar to be a bigger back type. Uh, the concern is just what the home run hitting ceiling looks like for him and what the uh, what the ceiling is for him as a player. Cam Jones, linebacker, Indiana, uh, really liked w- what he did at the Senior Bowl as well in the same vein as Dion Henley. I think he's built the same kind of way. A um, little bit more traditional linebacker production. Uh, he had a really good start to this year. He played like four and a half games, got hurt with a foot injury, missed the rest of the year. Uh, but Cam Jones is somebody who uh, certainly has the range, and I think his instincts took a big step forward. I, that was the concern with him early on as his, as his career matured at Indiana. He moved closer and closer and closer into play stack backer. I don't know how well he would handle being in six-man box counts with consistency, uh, so that's kind of the forecast. But this is probably a, an early day three type of player who can run and can play passing downs, and because of that, you, you, your ears perk up. You're pretty excited about what that could potentially look like as well. The gauntlet's going to continue here. Uh, we, we're through the J's. <laughs> uh, so alphabetically, it's it's 300-something names, so there's there's no shortage of candidates here. We'll, we'll go turbo round and make sure that, that we get all the names that I think are most immediately ones that I connect to the Dolphins. Corner Caillou Blue Kelly. Uh, put him in the uh, Deontay Banks, put him in the Julius Brents, that bucket, 51. If he's there, you need a corner. It's going to be hard to turn down. A couple of tight ends, uh, Dalton Kincaid, Tucker Craft, and Zach Kuntz. Uh, Kincaid at Utah. Might have a medical thing that allows him to dip a little bit. The concern is he's he is more of a receiving type than he is an inline and a blocker type. Does that really help the Dolphins in the way that they need it? Uh, Tucker Craft, I think, is a little bit more of a well-rounded but less high-ceiling receiver, although he did have a really, really good 2021. Uh, he missed some time with injuries this year. Came back for South Dakota State down the stretch. And then Zach Koontz is a really interesting one because he went to Old Dominion, but he originally started at Penn State. And like really well-renowned athlete with prototypical build and just ended up bumping to, to Old Dominion for playing time purposes. So Kuntz is somebody who on day three, I think might end up being a sleeper. Shame on me for not scrolling down here further enough. I got Sam Laporta and Cameron Latu at tight end as well. Uh, Laporta from Iowa, former wide receiver as a recruit, uh, bulked his body up. The ball skills are very apparent. I, I do think playing at Iowa has, has bred him to block effectively and well. Uh, so that that that's somebody who I think could check the boxes the Dolphins need as far as playing an inline role and not being a volume receiver, but having receiving skills. And then Cameron Latu is 
little bit more of the zone sit down chain mover. I don't think he's overly uh, dominant in, in blocking situations, but he's a really likable player uh, as far as winning underneath and, and sitting down and finding soft spaces in zone. Jartavis Quan Martin, safety nickel hybrid from Illinois. A little bit more of a corner build as compared to Sidney Brown's a big rocked up safety type. Um, But Quan is very versatile, very good in coverage. Probably a middle round pick, a round three, round four type selection. Uh, I'm interested to see what his full athletic testing profile looks like to give you an idea of um, just how versatile he might be. I think he's somebody that can really help himself. He's kind of the forgotten guy because you got Devin Witherspoon in that secondary, you got Sidney Brown in that secondary, uh, but, but he can absolutely play. Cody Mauch, uh, interior offensive lineman, he's going to be a guard. He could be a center. Uh, I expect he'll be a guard. He played tackle for North Dakota State. Um, day two selection, kind of definitively, there's a chance he sneaks out before the Dolphins get their first pick in. Uh, but I like their chances of him being on the board. And, and if you want to draft the left guard, if you feel like you've got right tackle figured out, um, I think that, that he's probably somebody from a movement skills perspective that can really help you uh, and get you better and more consistent at that guard spot, which is really what the Dolphins need. Uh, scrolling on down through, we've already gave some love to Luke Musgrave. We talked about him the other week as being a player that I would love to see the Dolphins have a chance to strike and go up and get if he tumbled a little bit. Jaden Reed, I'll acknowledge wide receiver Michigan State for special teams, especially if the team does move on from Cedric Wilson. Because right? you'll, have, you'll have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. You'll have Eric Ezukama. You'll have a chance to bring back Trent Sherfield. you have a chance to bring back River, River Craycraft. you got Braylon Sanders uh, under contract. How about somebody with some return upside? And Jaden Reed's got that. I think Jaden Reed's probably just outside the top 100. So he's another player like in that fourth round bucket. But if you can get your hands on Jaden Reed, I think he could really help your return game and be like the wide receiver five, whose role is almost like what Jakeem Grants was when Jakeem was here. Wide receiver four, wide receiver five, can win vertically down the field, but really gives you value on special teams and in the kicking game. Uh, Jamie Robinson, safety, Florida State. I know we mentioned him at the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, he's somebody who uh, is in the same light as Sidney Brown, really versatile. Uh, I don't think he's as quick twitch as Sidney Brown. I don't quite think he's as instinctual as Sidney Brown, uh, but he is somebody who brings a lot of the same overlap. Drew Sanders is an interesting player, former edge rusher off from Alabama, transferred to Arkansas, transitioned to play stack backer. Uh, his third down skill set is really what moves the needle because of his background as a pass rusher, and he could be a pressure player. He's built like Leighton Vander Esch. He's not as big as Leighton Vander Esch, but he's built like Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, the question is instincts on early downs and playing stack backer. I don't have a good answer, but you can see the appeal. If a team wants to draft him and have him serve a very specific role early on, and grow into a bigger role. I think Drew Sanders is somebody who the, the, the sales pitch is quite simple. 
I just don't know that the Dolphins have the right environment to do it based on their need unless they go out and they get a couple of free agents that are going to be short, shorter-term stop gaps for you. I do think if you want to take a chance on a backer, uh, somebody who can live in lighter boxes, Noah Sewell is an interesting player to invoke. This once upon a time, you know, uh, Penny Sewell's brother, um, somebody who was long considered a top 15 type prospect. And he's kind of fallen off a little bit. He's showcased some stiffness the last two years. Uh, not quite as dynamic as he was as a freshman. But he's got the size and the physicality to play in light box counts. And if you can get him right and get him back to what he was as a freshman, I think the movement skills can suddenly be there for this to be a dynamic three-down linebacker. Uh, so Noah Sewell is somebody who's kind of swimming upstream a little bit as far as his momentum. But as a player, I'd certainly be interested in for the Dolphins. Christopher Smith is another versatile safety type. Uh, can play in the nickel, can play up high, uh, can play sub. He had a good showing down at the Senior Bowl and did some, some nice stuff in one-on-ones. I think really injected some excitement for him. Mozzie Smith, nose tackle. Uh, there's, there's a couple. I don't, I don't know. No, nose tackle is not really a popular talking point for us as Dolphins fans because we need to, there's more pressing needs to be had. But I really think that other body up front, the play in the A-gaps, can really set the rest of this unit up for success up front. Acknowledge uh, Tajay Spears running back to lane. Electric player. Medicals are a little bit of a question there. Uh, Brenton Strange, tight end from Penn State. Uh, Big-time run-after-catch guy at Penn State. Created a lot of big plays with the ball in his hands. Prototypical build. I think he can play in line. I like him a lot. Developmental quarterback type, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, UCLA. Had a chance to meet him over the summer. Really impressive young man. Um, would love to have him get a chance to compete. I think there's a compelling case to be made for him versus Skylar Thompson. Um but I don't think the Dolphins are probably in a position to draft Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, Joe Tipman, center slash guard from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, very pro-ready player. Wisconsin's kind of got this established lineage of, of offensive linemen, their pipeline in the factory and all that. And I, I think Tipman's a pretty high floor player. Uh, I think he, you could draft him and expect he's going to be a starter for you right off the jump. You'd have a hard time convincing me there's a better match for the Dolphins from a linebacker in the draft perspective than Henry Tooto. He's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, he's not the fastest, but he played at Alabama where they do a lot of rip, Liz, stump, stubby, zone, match, defense principles that this Vic Fangio defense is going to call upon. And Tooto has been a productive player. Um... I think the football IQ is where it needs to be. Uh, Trey Tucker, wide receiver Cincinnati, is another one of those special teams-esque type additions that I think would be uh, an intriguing option for the Dolphins. If you want the Devin Achain experience, but you wanted at a discount, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State, running back. He's got the zoomies, <laughs> super quick in short spaces, just a small player. What a fun player. I would rather draft Deuce Vaughn at the end of the draft than def draft Devin Achain in the third round. Andrew Voorhees, uh, guard USC, 
Uh, former big-time recruit, used to play tackle, kicked him inside to guard, really helped him kind of find his stride as a player. Interested to see what his athletic testic looked like, especially his agilities. Uh, Darnell Washington, tight end at Georgia. This guy's a glorified tackle, but he's going to run probably 4-7, and he can hurdle dudes on the perimeter, and he's 6-7 and catches just about everything in the red zone. He's a really fun blend. Uh, tight ends, the fact that there are so many tight ends here, you should find inspiration for if you're a Dolphins fan, uh, that there's this kind of versatility at the tight end position that gives you a chance uh, to find an impact player for you right off the jump. That That's going to do the gauntlet. 35 minutes approximately of just ripping through combine names. Now, there's names that that I think are compelling that I left off of here. Uh, but I just tried to go through alphabetically all the invites and shout out the ones I most frequently associate with the Dolphins for some kind of fit for one-way, shape, or form. We will be back next week. Do the Dolphins blueprint. We'll go through free agency, salary cap, seven-round mock draft, 53-man roster, the works. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you hit subscribe and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Enjoy the combine this week. Kyle Krabs, thanks for checking out the show. Make it a great weekend. And I will talk with you all again on Monday. Fins up.